if we think about the parts of being a highly sensitive person, like our deep processing, our deep feeling and thinking, you know, the overwhelm is the hardest part usually. And it's the part that makes having the trait the most difficult. It's kind of a really common experience. The tricky part is that it looks a lot of different ways, right? I call it a chameleon. It shows up wearing many hats. Welcome to the Sensitive Success Podcast, where we explore the unique challenges and opportunities that comes with being a sensitive changemaker in today's world. I'm your host, Frida Kabo, and I have spent the last decade recreating my life. I moved from Sweden to New Zealand and now live in the beautiful bush with my husband and two kids, homeschooling and creating a life and business that works for me with the help of my sensitivity and support others to do the same. I'm excited to share conversations with experts, thought leaders, and fellow sensitive people who also see the world through the lens of sensitivity. Thank you so much for being here because it means that you're creating sensitive success too, which is precisely what the world needs. Let's get started. Today we celebrate sensitivity with April Snow. April is a licensed psychotherapist, author, and consultant in California. She specializes in working with highly sensitive introverts and therapists to help calm the storm of overwhelm, anxiety, and self-doubt to allow their innate sensitive strengths to shine through. She's deeply committed to changing the narrative of what it means to be highly sensitive. April has created and led HSP workshops all over the country as well as online through a sensitive school. In addition to Find Your Strengths, a workbook for highly sensitive persons, she has written a mindful workbook for stress relief and the Empowered Highly Sensitive Person Self-Care Journal. I'm so excited to have you here, April. Welcome. Thank you so much, Frida. I'm so excited to be here with you. So tell me a bit more. Why did you want to join in and celebrate sensitivity and why do you think it's important? Yeah, I'm really, I'm always excited to have this opportunity because, you know, there's such an emphasis on the difficult parts of being a highly sensitive person. This is kind of the predominant narrative we see in our circles. And I love the opportunity to highlight the strengths and the importance of the trait. You know, there's lots of reasons why that happens, you know, whether people are lacking community and and opportunities to embrace and accept their sensitivity whether they're living a, a lifestyle that's kind of fast and loud without enough downtime and you know not enough self-care, meaningful, deeply nourishing self-care, or maybe just getting stuck in that comparison mode, maybe doing for others instead of ourselves and looking outward instead of inward for guidance around what we need. But there really is so much more for us as HSPs. I'm excited to have an opportunity to talk about that. How do we move past the difficult parts to embrace the gifts of the traits because we really do have a lot to offer and we really can thrive when we have the right supports. You know, we're very insightful and perceptive and, you know, creative people. We have lots of great ideas and really can see far ahead and find problems, solutions to problems. And also we're really empathetic, right? We were really have a lot of gifts to offer our people in our lives and um, in our workspaces. So there's just a lot of opportunities to show up positively in the world, to experience that deep joy that we get to experience unlike others can ever experience. And you know, when we we can feel balanced and nourished, then we can really start to show up and thrive and, and start to experience the many 
assets of having the traits. So I'm just excited to be able to, to lean into that and the importance of being highly sensitive people. Wonderful. Love it. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Perfect. Yeah. We're in the right place. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And have more, you know, more conversation around it is exciting. Mm. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about your journey and how you come to do what you do. Sure. So I guess it's been almost 10 years now since I learned about the trade and about Dr. Aaron's work. Dr. Elaine Aaron's work. Um, it was back when I was in graduate school to become a therapist. I was doing a lot of self-exploration as one does in that type of environment and really trying to understand my personality, my temperament, and knowing that I was an introvert, but feeling like that wasn't the whole, that wasn't the whole picture. And so a classmate introduced me to Dr. Aaron's books, and I really got to immerse in that information. And it just really felt like a light switch came on. Like finally, I fully understood myself. And shortly after that, I had the opportunity to work with a highly sensitive therapist and dive into those experiences and put all those pieces together. And then I knew that I wanted to offer this for others because it was so deeply healing and illuminating for me in my life and understanding myself and my needs and being able to feel more at ease in the world and less overwhelmed and confused that I was like, I want to do this for others. So I quickly centered my work as a therapist around highly sensitive people. And then it just grew from there, uh, writing books and, and supporting other therapists. Uh, and it really is the center of my world now and is quite has become quite the mission for me to really support HSPs. Love it. Such an important work. Yeah. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk to you about is overwhelm yes. and, and how to reduce that. Can you give us some tips on that? Yeah, I, I like to start off with think about like what overwhelm looks like for us as HSPs and how do we get there, right? Because this is, I think, the if we think about the parts of being a highly sensitive person, like our deep processing, our deep feeling and thinking, you know, the overwhelm is the hardest part usually, and it's the part that makes having the trait the most difficult. It's kind of a really common experience. The tricky part is that it looks a lot of different ways, right? I call it a chameleon. It shows up wearing many hats. So most of the time, for most people, it's anxiety, right? So when you feel anxious, you're worrying a lot, maybe your mind is racing or chewing over and over on something, that's usually a sign that you're overwhelmed. It can also show up physically, you know, maybe feeling kind of fidgety or distracted. Some HSPs say they feel clumsy. You know, we're just kind of just kind of running around with not a lot of presence. It can also affect how we think and how we can have the ability to concentrate. You might notice you start to feel distracted or you can't remember things as easily when you're overwhelmed. There's just too much going on and not enough time to reflect and process, which is what we really need to do as HSPs because we're picking up on so many little details. We're so aware of subtleties and we're, we're taking in more than we even realize. And then it also affects us energetically. So you might notice you start to feel really tired. It's hard to get out of bed. You want to get back into bed the first thing you do when you come home. You know, maybe you're also trying to fall asleep, but you can't because your mind is racing. So you're not getting enough rest. And then emotionally, 
I notice I start to get, when I'm overwhelmed, I get kind of snippy or short with people. And it's common to feel resentful or even angry, or maybe your emotions, like you're just spilling out, right? (laughs) Just that drop of a hat, you start crying or start tearing up. So overwhelm really affects us on so many different levels. And there's so many clues that it's, it's at the point where, you know what, I think I'm overwhelmed. I need to maybe take a little bit better care of myself or see if there's things that I can reduce. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, that's just kind of what it looks like. And then I can I also of, talk about how we get there as well. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of see it like we t- I talk about sensitivity as a superpower and yeah. overwhelm is kind of the kryptonite. <laughs> exactly. That is yeah. so accurate. Yeah. But how would you define overwhelm? I would say for me, it's essentially when the scales are tipped or off balance, right? So I like to think of it as what am I taking in and what am I letting go of? So overwhelm shows up when we're taking in too much and there's not enough space to process and let go of emotions or thoughts or experiences. Yeah. So that's, that would be my overwhelm and the essence of it, right? It's a lot different for each person, but it's essentially when you're feeling imbalanced, there's not enough time for rest and self-care. And then the demands are too high for what whatever you're needing to do, whether it's work, family, responsibilities, and just you know, life in general. But what can we do to reduce it? Yeah, there's there's a lot of different things. And of course, everyone you know has heard of, well, I shouldn't assume, but mostly you hear about downtime, right? That's kind of the the buzzword in the HSP space. Are you getting enough downtime? And, you know, that can look a lot of different ways, but essentially it's just time to sit with yourself, to integrate your experiences. You know, as HSPs, we are wired to process and reflect. So that's a really important part of our needs. And Dr. Ann recommends, you know, two hours a day of this, which isn't always possible for everybody. I know that's a lot of time. Um, And I honestly, I probably don't always get that myself either, but what helps me is having one day a week where I don't have anything on my schedule. That's a big part of my own self-care process is making sure I have one day where I can just catch up with myself. I can rest, I can get creative or do yoga or whatever it is I need to do. I know I've got that day a week. So that's one part of the puzzle is having space to just think and, and reflect Sleep is obviously also a big part of the puzzle in getting, you know, reducing overwhelm. Most HSPs need more than eight hours, like eight to 10 hours is ideal. It's different for everyone, of course, but if you're noticing that you're getting eight hours and you're still feeling tired, that might be why. Maybe taking a different approach. And then not just the sleep itself, but I talk a lot about buffer time, right? What surrounds the thing that you're doing, sleep being one of those pieces. So if you're needing to get to bed by 10, get into bed at 9.30. If you need to wake up at 8 and get out of bed at 8, get up at 7.30. Just having space around what you're doing. And that could be work. It could be family time. It doesn't matter. You know, think about, you know, if I'm getting home, I want to have a few minutes to sit in the car before I go in. Or if I'm arriving someplace, I want to have a few moments to think and reflect and prepare myself for what's next. And that could be anything, whether you're getting ready to go into a meeting or into a social gathering, or you're starting a yoga class, whatever it is, any kind of activity or getting ready to do the dishes, 
have just a moment, even just a few seconds to pause and then get started. That's how your brain is wired to uh, navigate the world. So it's important to lean into that and have those spaces throughout the day, which used to come really naturally, right? We'd have moments of quiet. Now we've filled those moments in with phone time or screen time, but it's, you know, trying to get those moments back of just natural processing integration. And there's so many other things that you could do thinking about your schedule and setting more firm boundaries. Doing less is always important as an HSP. I like to say, you know, make no your default answer. So whenever you get an invitation for something, say no first or pause before you say yes and check in with yourself. Do I have the bandwidth for this? Do I have the energy or the interest for this? Yeah, there's so many things that you can do, but essentially it's just reducing the amount of activity and obligation and slightly finding a more of a balance between that and rest, reflection, and deeply nourishing self-care, right? It's not just about taking a bath or going for a walk. It's what fills me up at more of a soul level um, because that's really important piece for HSPs. So yeah, those are just a few few items. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it was first when I got my kids that I realized how much downtime I had before them. <laughs> right, I'm sure. Yes, <laughs> they fill up a lot of space. Yeah, definitely. So if someone is like feeling the overwhelm, where do you mm-hmm. recommend them to start? Yeah, it's a good question because it can be really hard to slow down in those spaces, right? It's can almost feel uncomfortable to go from that frenetic, busy space to a more quiet space. So if you're feeling overwhelmed and you're also feeling anxious in connection with that, usually things that are more movement-based can be helpful and things that are going to take care of your nervous system. So like mindful movements, mindful uh, motions, sometimes just like shaking the hands out can be helpful, right? Like, okay, I'm just going to get rid of the anxiety. I'm taking a couple breaths closing my eyes, reducing the stimulation. And that can be helpful just from like a physical level, (laughs) right? It's just, okay, I'm going to take a moment to pause here. Breathing helps some, but not all. And then, okay, I'm I'm kind of shaking off that nervous energy and getting quiet, right? That can be a big, big help. And then also making sounds as well. So as I'm breathing, maybe I'm sighing it out. Right, just having those moments of decompressing, even if you can't make any other changes, you can tend to your nervous system a little bit. That can be really helpful. And it doesn't have to be complicated. And it doesn't have to be a formal meditation practice. That actually doesn't work for a lot of people, honestly. But just those moments of, okay, I'm going to just take a moment for myself. I'm going to take a breath. I'm going to cut down the stimulation. I'm going to kind of shake off the anxious energy. That can be really helpful. But really looking at what's coming in, right? And then how can I reduce what's coming in? So it could be as simple as I'm looking around my home. The lights are too bright, right? Okay, the TV's on all the time. Maybe I'm getting earplugs. (laughs) Maybe I'm asking my roommate or my partner or my spouse to you know, turn the TV off at 9 p.m. so I can get some quiet time. Maybe it's realizing I don't have to say yes to every social invite. You know, I always ask people, what can you say no to? 
there's probably something that you can just set a boundary around or you could take off your plate. I mean, we, we all have those things on our to-do list that we don't really need to do, right? They're really, maybe they're not as important as we think. So it's, sometimes it can be difficult to start this process of reducing overwhelm because we want to show up perfectly. We want to take care of everyone else. We don't want to be different as HSPs a lot of the times. So I, I would say it's okay to be different. And when you do embrace that, you get to experience all the good parts of the trait and others will experience that too, whether it's your kids or your friends, your coworkers, your family, they'll get to see you in a more balanced, vibrant state. But yeah, it can help be helpful to look at what's my sensory experience around my house and my work. Can I change that at all? Can I make it softer? What's my to-do list look like? Can I take some things off? Or at the very least, consolidate. Instead of going to the store three times a week, can I go once a week? Instead of doing laundry multiple times, can I do it once every week? Or same with anything that we have to do on a regular basis. Can I look at my boundaries and say no more often? That's really hard work, but important work. Yeah, and then how am I talking to myself about these things? That can be an important part of the equation too. So it can almost be overwhelming, reducing overwhelm, to be honest, because there's so many parts. But I think it could be, you know, if you're thinking, where can I start first? Definitely looking at what's in your control. What can I do that feels accessible? You know, maybe that's stepping outside when the house is noisy. Maybe that's turning the lights down, giving yourself permission to go and lay in the bedroom for half hour after work. There could be little things because I don't know if we touched on differential susceptibility, but as HSPs, there's something called differential susceptibility, which means we are more negatively impacted by events in our lives, but we're also more positively impacted. So something small, some small change can make a big impact. So just remembering that you don't have to do it perfectly. You don't have to do all of the things, but just making one small change can reduce your overwhelm, make you feel differently about yourself as an HSP. Well, that's so important to really yeah. see that, yeah, we don't have to do this big life-changing things. We can just that's right. remember to take a breath or remember to step outside. Yeah. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It can be simple. Yeah. What mm-hmm. do you feel like the biggest struggle with overwhelm that you see? say just how how it physically impacts us I think you know it it can start to get to a point where you know you you can't think clearly or maybe you feel physically uh, overstimulated you know you feel very I like to say like it feels like the nerves are on the outside of my body you can feel start to feel physically uncomfortable and then our emotions start to get really heightened so it gets to a point where you just feel overwhelmed or overstimulated in all systems And then it has that snowball effect, right? That ripple effect. So once we're there, it can be really hard to step out of it. We might feel stuck in it. I think that's the hardest part, just how quickly it it builds and then how many areas of our life or our personal experience that it touches. Yeah, because I just think if I'm in a very overwhelmed state, then my emotions are starting to unravel. Physically, I feel uncomfortable. Mentally, I can't focus. So just, just the how it touches so many layers, I think is really hard for folks. 
And how do you know if you're overwhelmed, if, you're, if that's like your normal? That's true. Yeah, that's a good point. How do you know if you're overwhelmed, if that's your, your baseline? It almost might be if there's a, a lack of vibrancy or focus or clarity. So it might be that things are missing. So maybe there's a there's a less ease in my life when I'm overwhelmed. I'm struggling to make decisions. That's a big part of it. I feel like my emotions are driving the car or in you know in the driver's seat. When we're not overwhelmed, there's a clarity. It's easy to make decisions. It's easy to set boundaries. It's easy to access joyful moments. So I would say it's usually if there's a lack of joy and ease and clarity. That's a good sign that you're in an overwhelmed state. Um, or if you're just feeling anxious a lot of the time, that's also a, a clear indicator. Oh, I'm I'm in an overwhelmed state right now. Maybe there's too much going on. And if everything just feels like it's moving too fast, right? Feel everything feels too full. You don't have a moment to catch your breath, be by yourself, and maybe do some deeper reflective work, soul work. And that could also be a sign. Then if we see that now and listening to, to this, just take that moment and, and yeah, create the awareness around it. Yeah, because if you're, let's say you're an HSP who recently discovering the trait or recently doing some more deeper work around the trait, it will take some some effort to look back and rewrite the stories. Oh, this isn't my default state. This isn't who I am. It's that I've been overwhelmed for so long. Mm. And can there be more? Right? Could there be more joy and ease? Maybe I am not an overly anxious person. It's just that I haven't known what I needed to have a balanced lifestyle as an HSP. Mm. So it can be really important to start to Dig into those that layer of your experience. Maybe read books on the, the trade, you know, Dr. Aaron's HSP book or surround yourself in HSP communities, whether online or in person. And you can start to see, oh, wait, there's other possibilities here. Overwhelm, which may have been the default, is actually not the same as my true self. Maybe there's more for me. And it's a process. It's a really long process. I just want to normalize that for people. You know, it's, it's okay to start small and you will see some impact, but you also may need more time to start to make bigger shifts. Yeah, that's definitely how it was for me. Mm-hmm. But knowing that I was HSP and that that was a thing made me ask, like, stop asking what is wrong with me and start asking how can I support myself better? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Start to reframe how we hold and think about ourselves mm. with sensitive people. Yeah. Yeah. So if someone is watching this, what is one action step that you would want them to take out with this conversation? Mm. I would hope that they could feel empowered by our conversation and that they could look at themselves in a different way through a positive lens and say, okay, I have this trait. I was born with it. There's nothing wrong with me for having it. And I feel I can give myself permission to approach things differently. So 
maybe they feel inspired to take something off their plate. That's what I would love for them. Can you take something off of your plate? And can you add in something that is really nourishing for you? Whatever that is, it could be anything. For some people, it's meditation. For others, it's spending time with animals or gaming or writing or dancing. But can you give yourself permission to have something fulfilling as part of your your routine instead of focusing so much on how can I fit in? How can I do for others? Instead, what do I need for myself to be my best self? That's what I would hope that they could come away with today. But that that is absolutely okay. And it's okay to have joyful experiences as part of our day-to-day lives. Love it. Yeah. Let us know what brings you joy. Yes. I would love to hear that. Yes, I would love to know that. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you so much, April. Is there anything else you would like to add? I always just like to remind folks that, you know, having this trait is a strength. It's a gift. It's here for a reason, right? It helps us survive as a species. We can go that big around it. It's very purposeful in having the trait. And that there are there are many, many gifts in, in having it, whether it be your intuition, your empathy, your ability to feel joy at such a deep level in the little moments. So just reminding folks that if we peel back the layer of overwhelm, that there's so much there waiting for us and that it is possible to experience. Mm, Beautiful. Yes. Thank you, Frida. Thank you so much, April, for being here and for the work that you do in the world. It's so important. Thank you, Frida, for hosting this conversation and this summit. I'm really grateful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sensitive Success. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a review and share it with someone who could benefit from this message. And come over and connect with me on Instagram at Frida Carbo. And remember, sensitivity is neither good or bad. It's what we make of it. Embrace your sensitivity and use it to create sensitive success your way.